hallelujah, and worship you in spirit and in truth. And Father, I ask that you break open the bread of life for your people here today. And Lord, I thank you, Lord, for allowing us to just um, serve you and worship you and receive the word with gladness. And we give you all the honor and glory in Jesus' name. Amen. And praise God. Well, we're going to talk about your new identity. Amen. We need to know who we are in Christ. Your new identity starts with who do you think you are? Or who do you know you are? See, if you, God has given us all things pertaining to life and godliness. But if you don't know that you're a new creation, if you don't know who you are in Christ Jesus, then the devil will run all over you. Amen. In fact, he will kill you if he can. Amen. So when you know who you are, you have to let him know that you know who you are. Amen. Hallelujah. So what is our real identity? You know, we identify with Christ Jesus. Amen. Hallelujah. You know, we are um, born again and, and we're his, his kingship. You know, we're kin, and we have the same thing that he has. <clears throat> when, when God gave us um, power and authority, Jesus has that same power and authority. And so we must know who we are. We have to know that we are sons of God. We are the living sons and daughters of God. Amen. And if you don't know who you are, if you don't know that you've given, been given authority from on high, if you don't know that you've been given the next of your enemy already, then the devil will challenge you. Amen. Because he'll challenge you anyway, but he'll press harder against you when he thinks that you don't know who you are. And so we have to let uh, the devil know who we are. Tell him who you are and not just tell him, show him. But when you know who you are, it's going to come out of your mouth. If it don't come out of your mouth, then you don't know who you are. Amen? Because, um, you know, when you have authority, you are going to speak a thing, and you will speak against the devil like Jesus did. When he challenged Jesus, when he took him on that mountain, you know, and he had just fasted for 40 days, he tried to catch him in a weak state. And he's going to do the same for us, try to catch us in a weak state. And when he does that, we should have still have that power, even though our, our bodies may be tired and weak. Uh, Jesus had fasted 40 days. His physical body was weak, but his spirit man was on the, on the mark. And when Jesus challenged him, he let it roll out. And he challenged him. He had the word of God to come out of his mouth and to fight and to, uh, you know, he took authority over the devil with what he knew. And so in this lifetime, especially now in this, these last days, it's what you know that's going to get you over. Amen? It's what you know. So you can't tell who you really are unless, unless you judge things from the spirit realm. You have to judge yourself by the spirit. You can't, you can't go by what's going on in the natural. Amen? And so in other words, what I'm saying is... You have to judge yourself the, or see yourself. I won't use that word judge. You have to see yourself the same way God sees you. And he sees you powerful. He sees you with authority. He sees you as a, um, the devil should see you as a threat. 
but God sees you as a, a powerful person that has everything going for himself, that knows the word, that has the no, word of God on the inside of him. Amen. And that's you and that's me. We're the end time army. And the devil really does not want to deal with me and you. But he'll try you. And so you have to be ready just like Jesus was. Amen. Hallelujah. So don't ever judge from the natural realm, not even yourself. If you're not feeling powerful, if, if there's, had there been times when you didn't feel like you knew anything or that you could do anything about your situation, amen, but you don't let the devil know that, amen. And don't live by how you feel. Go by what's on the inside of you, and sometimes you won't know until you open your mouth and open your mouth against the devil and let him have it, amen. So the spirit realm consists of truth. The, the natural realm is, is not truth. You can't go by what's in the natural realm. So you don't go by how you feel. That's the natural realm. But you go by what you know. And we know that we're saved. We're born again. We're sons and daughters of God. And that God has anointed us and given us authority and power. And we're supposed to use it. Amen. So we have to trust God's word more than a physical mirror when you look in the mirror and and you look and see who you are if you don't like something that you see or you don't feel right about something but god feels right about all of us amen he doesn't care about the physical because we we pass in his in his category he loves us and he loves us just the way we are but i'm telling you that god wants us to live by the spirit judge things by the spirit you know, trust the spirit realm and don't trust the natural realm. Amen. Don't trust the, because the, the, the natural realm is the emotional realm. And that's where we get emotional and it's just like we don't feel like fighting the devil today. Well, you better get the feeling like it every day. Because all you have to do is open up your mouth. Your power is in your mouth. Amen. Life and death is in the power of the tongue. So you have to be sure that what's on the inside matches what's up here in your mind amen so we need to renew our minds if we would renew our minds we will we don't have to worry about being ready we stay ready when we renew our minds amen so we must trust god at his word because we are new creations in christ so we need to change our identity when you don't feel powerful when you don't believe that you know you can withstand the pressure the trial and the tribulation that's coming at you trust with what god has told you trust what he's told you about you amen hallelujah that you can do all things through christ who strengthens you amen and don't allow our emotions to rule our thinking and this is what we do, do sometimes we go by how we feel but you can't go by how you feel amen so it's change that image for what you know and operate out of the, the supernatural instead of the natural realm. Amen. You operate out of the spirit. Because when we're in the spirit, we're totally different people. We're not the same. Amen. <clears throat> Hallelujah. Let's go to Second Corinthians 5. I'm just going to start there. We are totally different people than who we think we are. Amen. All you have to do is open up your mouth and say what God has told you to say. Do what God has told you to do. 
And don't try to get famous. Amen. Second Corinthians five. Verse 16. And it says in Second Corinthians five sixteen, it says, Therefore, from now on, we regard no one according to the flesh, not even yourself. Don't judge by the flesh. When you, when you meet somebody, don't even judge them by how they look or, or how they talk or what they wear. But judge people by the Spirit. Amen. You allow the Spirit to talk to you, and you let the Holy Spirit tell you what you need to know. And most of the time, he's not going to tell you anything about somebody because it's none of our business. Amen. And so we have to we have to stay in our place and stay content with what God has given us. Amen. Hallelujah. Verse 16, did I finish that? Let me do, okay. Let me do the 16 again. Therefore, now on we regard no one according to the flesh. I didn't finish it. Even though we have known Christ according to the flesh, yet now we know him thus no longer. Hallelujah. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. And that word new means everything is forgiven in this case. <laughs> everything is forgiven. No past record. No wrongdoing. Amen. You've been reconciled. That word new also means restored and reestablished. So, amen. So, see, when, when we, when we uh, are born again, God has forgiven everything that we have done. If we mess up during the walk, during our born-again walk, when we repent, we're restored again. We're refreshed. We're, re we're renewed. You know what happens? We live in guilt and condemnation where we can't forget the sin or, or whatever it is that happened. We don't forgive ourselves. If we repent and let God know that we are sorry, you know, even if we mess up again, repent. See, the devil's going to tell you it's no use in repenting because you're going to do it again. That's the voice of the enemy. And we don't do that. So we keep, we repent and mean it from your heart. And if you mean it from your heart, that's the only thing we have to be concerned about is meaning it from our hearts. And so when we repent, we're washed anew again. Amen. Everything is restored back to us again, even if it takes some time for God to restore. When we mess up, you know, God is going to restore us back anyway and then use it to bless us. You know, it, it works together for our good. That's what I'm trying. And so it's just like, uh, who was that? Like Jonah when he ran from God. He didn't want to minister to, to anybody. He had a religious spirit. And he thought that when people messed up, they were supposed to be punished, which is true. But God has mercy on his people. See, the kingdom of God doesn't operate like the world. When you break a rule in the world, you have to pay for it. You got to go to court, possibly jail, uh, or uh, what's that other thing they put you on when you work? When you have to work, you have probation, and then you have to do, um, what is it? community community yeah see there's in other words there's a there's a uh when you do something wrong 
there's a, what is that? A penalty or whatever. What were you going to say? Oh, okay. Well, that, it was another word I was, yeah, a consequence. That's what I'm trying to say. So when you mess up, there's a consequence, but not in the kingdom. Not in the kingdom of God. Amen. Your only consequence is repentance. Amen. Now, back to Jonah, when he was in the belly well, before he got in the belly to well, he, he admitted that he was wrong. Amen. And when the, the people on the ship said, who, who brought this great storm against, against us? And he just fessed up and said, it was, it's me. I'm guilty. And he said, throw me overboard. And they did because they didn't want the storm. See, sometimes our bad behavior and our mess-ups can cause storms in our life. Amen? But, you know, what do you do during a storm? You ride it out. And so what the, what, uh, the devil tries to do is make us pay and pay and pay. Amen? And even though you're in the midst of a storm, the devil tries to make you think that you messed up for the last time and there's no hope. Amen? But all you have to do is ride it out, just like you would in any other situation. And repent, repent and write it out. So Jonah, God, God's mercy, see there's mercy for us every morning. And so when Jonah messed up, God sent that big fish and that was his mercy. Amen. And that's what God gives us when we mess up. He messed up on purpose. Amen. He messed up on purpose because he did not want to obey God, go to Nineveh and preach the gospel. He just didn't want to do it. And so even if we do things not knowingly or on purpose, there is still mercy from God every day. And the thing about it is God has mercy for us every single day. So if you mess up every day, there's new mercies, but you must get your heart right towards God. Amen? And when you repent, know that there is mercy and God still loves us. And he will catch us when we fall. I mean, God is not done with us. He wasn't done with, with Jonah. But he still, that, that instruction, those instructions were still there. Go to Nineveh. And so God is just going to tell us to do the same thing again. Amen. Well, I, I know it's making you real happy. But <laughs> you have to obey instructions. But that's a good thing that God doesn't take that thing away from us because he's given us a chance to get it right again amen because that thing stays on your plate it stays on your plate if it's 20 or 30 years it stays on your plate and god still gives us an opportunity to get that thing done amen and then all of the mess ups that you've done in your life god works it together for your good he'll some kind of way work that into your life where it wasn't a big waste of time although it was but God will work it out some kind of way where you don't feel the repercussions of your stupidity. And that's the mercy of God. And that's why it's a big waste of time for anybody to keep rehashing and rehashing what you did in the past that wasn't right. Because there's mercy for you every morning. And God can use those mess ups. He uses those things for your good. For the, because it's a learning experience. Not only that, God can just work that into your family salvation, uh, your growing up in him. I mean, I, whatever it is, God knows how to work it out because he's God. Amen. So whenever things mess up like that, God can always fix it. So don't ever give up on God. And when you mess up, repent. Don't ever think it's too late. Amen. Because it's never too late.
but you're reconciled and restored and reestablished when you are uh, brand new. And when you repent, you're brand new again. Amen. And opportunities are there. God gives you more opportunities. Everything just like it's back to normal, just like you didn't do it. Now, it may be delayed. Your blessing could be delayed. And that's, but then God says he'll, he'll uh, take that time and bring it back to you so that you can make good of what you lost. In other words, we're a big mess ups and God is a good cleanup man. <laughs> He's a cleanup man. <laughs> And he helps us because he loves us. He doesn't want us to, I mean, it's good if we would just listen to him, follow instructions, and keep it moving. But even when we don't, you know, when we were just stupid, God is there. And I'm telling you, he will work this thing out and make your life good. He just will. So don't ever think it's too late. It is never too late. It's too late for, I mean, the, the, if you don't know the Lord, be worried. But when you know God, there's always another chance. The mercies are new every morning. You cannot use up God's mercy. Amen. So don't ever think that you can use it up. Let's go to 1 Thessalonians. 1 Thessalonians 5. Hallelujah. Now we're talking about our new identity and how we are supposed to operate in our new identity. God always helps us he never gives you a title or gives you uh, an assignment and don't help you through it first thessalonians 5 i'm sorry 23 5 23 and it says now may the god of peace himself sanctify you completely and may your whole spirit soul and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. And he who calls you is faithful. Who also will do it. So God is not looking for us to do it by ourselves. Really and truly all God wants us to do is obey him. And, and uh, follow instructions. He wants us to do that. And he wants us to thank him. Be thankful. Because he is merciful. Amen. Hallelujah. So we are completely sanctified, our whole being, body, soul. What did it say? Body, soul, and spirit. Amen. We are totally and completely sanctified and made in God's image. And so we're made in God's image, and this is why we are sanctified. And this is why there is nothing that, that God tells us to do it's nothing that he puts on our agenda that we can't carry out it's just that we don't want to <laughs> but you know he'll even help you want to you know what i'm saying he'll change your want to be to not want to be he'll change whatever it is that you're having a problem with if you go to god with it he'll help you complete everything and because he opens doors it's like if god puts something hard on your plate he's given you the means to get it done he hasn't just left you out there with an instruction you know but god is always there to help you all the time amen so this is this is who we are we're made in god's image adam and eve had doubt about who they were amen when you have doubt about who you are then you're going to have some problems amen now let's go to genesis 2 hallelujah 
And in Genesis 2, it talks about when Adam and Eve were, uh, God had just created man and then woman because he didn't want man to be lonely. Amen. And we're not going to be bashing women today. But we are going to tell the truth. (laughs) Genesis 2, verse 17. This is, but of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat for in that day, eat the day that you eat of it, you shall surely die. Amen. And that sounds like an instruction. So let me read that again. In fact, let me do 15. It says, then the Lord... God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. And the Lord God commanded the man, saying, Of every tree of this garden you may freely eat. But of the tree of, of knowledge of good and evil you shall not eat, for in the day that you eat it you shall surely die. And the Lord God said, It is not good that man be alone. That I will make him a helper and and uh, com- comparable to him. And then it says, out of the ground he formed woman. Amen. Out of the rib of, of Adam. Amen. So, let me see. So the knowledge of good and evil is what God didn't want them to have. He wanted them to follow his instructions, live in the garden, and be blessed and be happy. Amen. And that's what they did until uh, the devil came along. Amen. And see, this is how it is. God has blessed us. He's called, commissioned, sent, and anointed us. He's put his blessing upon us. He's given us power and authority to trample on serpents. Amen. He's given us all and everything that we need but the devil. So here comes the devil, the serpent. Amen. And the serpent is the one that causes doubt because everything's going good until the serpent gets in your business. And so he's the one that causes doubt in your life. Now with Eve, he said, did God really say? Amen. So let's go down to Genesis 3. Let's flip over to Genesis 3.1. He put doubt in the mind of Eve. And he puts doubt in our minds. And this is his job, really. Genesis 3, verse 1. Now the serpent was more cunning than any beast of the field which the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, has God indeed said? And so that puts doubt Why did he do it? Because he's tricky. Amen. He's shady, crafty, and he does not want anybody to prevail because God's given us the necks of our enemy, and he knows it. Everybody knows it but us. Amen. And so he's already given. It's like this. The woman and the man in the garden had the necks of Satan, the serpent. The serpent never forgot that. But the woman forgot it. How did he get the woman to forget her identity? By by causing another situation. Putting another question in her. Did God really say? And he does that to us every day. Amen. He always causes some kind of situation where it puts a question mark in our minds and in our hearts. So we have to constantly 
keep on track with who we are because if we don't the devil will eventually because he's not going to stop he's relentless and he's not going to stop and so eventually he'll get us to back down and consider and this is what eve did he she considered her authority and her power and this is what she did now he told her he just asked a question did god really say you shouldn't eat from that tree and then he gave her the impression that god was trying to hold her back from something or withheld withhold something from her amen and this is what she thought the devil knows how to twist things and make you think the wrong thing anytime he wants to but it's up to us to block him and but see if you're confident in who you are you won't fall for that you know it will never work amen it just won't work and so instead of her going talking to maybe talking to her husband about it that question you know and that um it kind of caught her off guard and so she went for it amen so let's see i need to keep reading on in verse three one it says uh has god it said do you shall not eat of every tree of the garden and the woman said in verse two to the serpent we may eat of the fruit of the trees of the garden but of the fruit of the tree which is in the midst of the garden god has said you should not eat it nor shall you touch it lest you die now did she knew she just repeated to him what god said she knew what god had told her and in the verse four it says then the serpent said to the woman you will not die see she knew what she knew what she was instructed to do but then the devil see he doesn't stop there he doesn't stop there and see this is what we need to be uh armed with the word we need to be armed and we need to know what the devil's next step is going to be because see he's not going to stop with you just telling him what god said he's not going to stop he's, he wants to know if you believe it amen and that's why she that's why she didn't stop verse 5 says for god knows that in the day you eat of it your eyes will be open and you will be like god knowing good and evil you see what he told her in other words god is withholding information from you you know i know you think he loves you but he's withholding power knowledge and authority from you and she went for it verse six so when the woman saw that the tree was good for food that is that it was pleasant to the eyes and a tree desirable to make one wise she took of it and ate it she also gave to her husband to eat with her and he ate amen and so this is how she fell because he he that lie seemed real see some things that the devil tell us is going to seem real you just have to understand that but even though it doesn't sound even though it sounds real stick to the program if you haven't been doing it don't do it amen it's just like i would i you know you would think well i know that seems logical but he said don't eat it and i'm not doing it but see uh, the devil knows what to put in in your ears he's trying to withhold something it's the same way when people leave the church you know the devil tells them that the pastor's trying to withhold something from they don't want my gift they don't they're trying to hold me back from my gift it's the same lie 
same devil, same lie. And people believe it all the time, and then they get out there and get shipwrecked because God didn't tell them to go out. Look, it's good to go out. Go out every day and minister. That's your job. Nobody's withholding you from doing anything. But see, it's like this. People always think that there's something more that they're not getting because somebody is withholding them from doing it. And so it's got to be a somebody you know in the you know and this is the the way the devil operates and so we have to learn how to not look and you know and you you wonder and time goes on these people still don't do anything for god they did more when they were intercessors you understand what i'm saying amen and i'm not talking about every situation i'm just talking about the situations that i know about and it's in it and then they always need help because you know the devil is tricky he puts you in a trick and this is what he did he does and so you have to always go back and check in with god and that's the best thing i would i you know get in the word check in with god and ask him for a confirmation and if he don't confirm anything with signs following not some you know this is what some people use for a confirmation is some kind of coincidence God doesn't confirm in coincidences. You know, he confirms with signs following. And so, amen. And see, the devil is always trying to push people forward prematurely, amen, to get them stuck somewhere. And so we have to start trusting in what God says, trusting his instructions, trusting what he's already told us, amen. Hallelujah. So knowing who you are is the key. Because if she had known, if Eve had known who she was, God withholding from her wouldn't have bothered her. It wouldn't have bothered her. Because she would have said, not my deal. You know, whatever it is that God has, he's God. And so whatever God has for me, I'll get it eventually. But see, because she didn't know her inheritance, she didn't know who she was, and she forgot what God had promised her, she took that she took the bait amen and then it caused me and your problems <laughs> it caused everybody's problem you know uh, mistakes can be costly you know listening to satan can be costly amen so you have to know who you are and that's the key she was made in god's image anyway everything that he knew she knew he knew but see she the satan tricked her and so, you know, a lot of people always think that. They think somebody's trying to withhold things. Nobody's trying to withhold anything from you. And as a matter of fact, nobody can withhold from you. Because God, you, you serve an awesome God. And, and people have to get God's permission to do anything concerning you. And if they try it and it's not right, God's going to do something about it. People, people can't hold you back from anything that's just no trick of the devil they were saying that when i was a kid and they still the devil still used that same trick on everybody you know the your boss the devil tells you the same thing he don't want you to do this and then, well sometimes that's true but god is still your source and he is still your defense amen and so all you have to do is stay in touch with god and god will make sure that you get everything that you deserve and some he'll make sure that you get more than what you deserve just for you being in the right place at the right time amen but satan caused the woman to ponder amen ponder the matter 
Watch it when the devil is trying to make you think on something too long. You ever got angry with somebody and you took it around in your head too long? And then before you knew it, you want to lynch them. Amen. And so you ponder too long. But learn how to just get rid of it. Get rid of it. You know, whether you're in the right or in the wrong. And people can wrong you all day long, but you have to get with God and let it go. And let God hash it out. Amen. Let him take care of it. Because this way you won't get in trouble. You won't go to jail. <laughs> And God will solve it. Amen. And so he always takes care of his people. And so let God handle it. But Eve pondered. He, she thought about it too long. And then she went and told um, her husband, yeah, you know, God is withholding something from us because he just don't, doesn't want us to know. And then that thing snowballs. And before you know it, you got a pretty good case. Because it sounds authentic, amen? And it sounds right to you. And then by the time you add and everybody's adding something in, you, you're ready to go to court, amen? <laughs> Let's go to Proverbs 1. Hallelujah. Proverbs 1. Verse 7. And according to Proverbs 1, verse 7, it talks about reverential fear of the Lord. Amen. We are to have reverential fear for the Lord. Okay, 1, verse 7 says, The fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Amen. So don't be like that. I'm not even going to say the word. Amen. But the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge, but fools despise wisdom and instruction. Whenever you find yourself dis disliking instruction, look at what it says in there. Not my words, God's word. Verse 8 says, my son, hear the instructions of your father. Amen. Even, in, if, even if we're living in the end times, we live in an evil world, but, in, but obey your father's instructions because it's a safety net for you. It says, and do not forsake the law of your mother, for there will be a, a graceful ornament on your head and chains about your neck. Amen. And it says, my son, if sinners entice you, do not consent. If they say, come on with us, let us lie in wait of shed blood. Let us lurk secretly for the innocent without cause. Let us swallow them alive like soul and whole like those who go down to the pit. And that's, that's called wrong friends. Amen. So run from them. Because they may not say that in front of you. They're pretending to be born again but pretty soon you hang around them long enough you find out who they are amen and so they're just trying to pull you from where you should be but i'm telling you you're making an impact on them that's why they're trying to get you out of order and so you continue to stand amen and if you have friends who don't obey god i mean you know kids young people are going to be young people sometimes but if you have friends that try to put too many demands on you then you need to walk away from them. Amen. 
just walk away from them. But we're to have reverential fear for God. Because that's the beginning. When you, in other words, when you back up from people and you say, now, wait a minute. I'm not going. I'll catch y'all later. That's reverential fear for God. Amen. Because you want to obey him totally. You don't want any trouble with God. You don't want to make God mad. And so that's, the Bible says that's when you're smart. But when you continue to do things over and over and, and not uh, obey people who have authority over you, then you're digging your grave. Amen. You just don't do it. I've done so many things I didn't want to do, and I didn't think it was the right thing. But, you know, as the years went on, every single thing I was instructed to do was the right thing. But, see, when you have so much uh, aggression and turmoil on the inside that thing's going to come up and tell you don't do that that ain't right that ain't the right thing but see you you have to learn how to master that voice amen and make that thing shut up and that's the same voice that spoke to eve in the garden and see that thing will pop up out of nowhere and tell you don't do that there's a better way and and even if it is and it might be but do it the way you were instructed to do Amen. It's called pleasing God, not man. Amen. Well, it got real quiet in here. But whatever, it's still true. You have to please God and not man. And, you know, then God will show you. He'll show you at a later time what, what you know. Amen. Because we don't know what lie and, and we can't see what God can see. Amen. But the devil gets a lot of people like that. Amen. And so nobody's trying to keep you from doing anything. Amen. So when you know who you are, Satan has no power over you because the instructions that he gives you, you can just laugh at them when you know who you are. When you don't know who you are, and isn't this funny, when you don't know who you are, you fall for that kind of stuff because you feel like, don't nobody tell me what to do. I do what I want to do and <laughs> go where I want to go. And you feel like you got it. Y'all know what I'm saying? Strong. You feel strong, but up here you're really not. Y'all know what I'm saying? And so it's easier to humble yourself and follow the instructions of God. Follow the instructions. Even though he gives you free will, follow the instructions and you come out better. And I think this is why God gave us free will, to see what we're going to do with what we're given. Amen. And so when you follow, when you follow God's instructions, when you can do otherwise, I know that that counts a lot in the kingdom. That counts a lot. Amen. In the kingdom. And it's all about knowing who you are. You know, if you have to humble yourself, that's not taking power from you. That's not doing anything to you if you know who you are. Amen. You have to learn how to shift. And it doesn't cost you anything to shift. Amen. And then when you, you're supposed to go forward, you go forward. And when you have to shift, you shift. There's no sweat off your nose because you know who you are. Amen. And it doesn't, it doesn't matter about what other people think. It's what you and God think. Amen. What, what do you think about him? So we never know. We never know who we are until we understand who God is. If you don't know who God is, you never understand who you are. Amen? Because he's, you're an extension of him. And so if you don't know who he is, let's just get it straight. God is all power. He's all knowing. He's omnipotent. 
omnipotent, omnipresent. He is everything. In fact, he introduced himself as the great I am. So if he's the great I am, then so are you. Amen. And when you know who you are, it doesn't bug you to shift. You know, it doesn't bug you to maybe be quiet when you want to say something. You know, you just shift because your inward man is mature. And you don't have to say everything. You don't have to get the last word. You know, some people just have to have the last word. That's called immaturity. Amen. And so when you, it's the, you can tell when you, when you know who you are, you don't have to fight and struggle against anybody because you're not locked into their system. Amen. You're not locked in. And so you, you can do this. You can shift and know who you are and still have your freedom. <laughs> See, the devil really puts you under pressure. You ever be, notice how he'll put you under pressure? You've got you to gotta respond. That's pressure. You don't have to say nothing. And I learned from God, you don't have to respond. You don't have to, you don't have to do that. But you can agree. It don't cost, cost you anything to agree. And you can agree and be happy with a problem unsolved and let God solve it and still be happy. You understand what I'm saying? And so we have to learn how to work with the Holy Call, working with the Holy Ghost and allowing him to lead and guide you. Amen. And now we always have to take the reins. But if you don't understand who God is in your life, then you'll never understand uh, your authority. Never. But you have to know who he is. And he says that he is the great I am. Amen. Now let's go to Exodus 3. Hallelujah. Exodus 3. Verse 13. And this is when God was introducing himself to Moses. He introduced himself to Moses as the great I am. In 13, it says, when Moses said to God, indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, uh, the God of your fathers have sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? What shall I say to them? And so this is when, I think this is when um, Moses was, he had been in the wilderness for 15 years, and he had killed a man shouldn't have done it you see how god will use you when you do terrible things uh, amen he's not done with any of us and the devil will tell you he is don't listen to that voice amen we've got to learn how to overcome it but he was in on the back side of the desert however you want to say in the wilderness for 15 years he had killed a man and i think it's when he cut off his ear whatever and he was in hiding and he thought he had gotten away with it. It had been so long. And then time he showed, reared his head, <laughs> there was that burning bush. And God spoke to him through that burning bush. Amen. And so God never forgets. People may have forgotten where Moses was, but God didn't forget. And that's why he spoke through the burning bush. He spoke through some unusual way so that Moses would know that it was him. And this was actually Moses's call to ministry i think he was in that wilderness 40 years he was in that because he didn't start his ministry until he was 80 you know why in the wilderness wasting time 
listening to the devil. They after you. People didn't even know, wasn't looking for him no more. But God knew where he was. And see, this is the way God is. When he sees us wasting so much time on the wrong road, you know, he'll, he'll go and he'll fetch us and bring us back. Just like he did Jonah. He had that, that uh, big fish swallow him up for his benefit. It wasn't to punish or to kill him. It was to stop him from on this crazy roller coaster. Amen. Going the wrong way. And so this is the burning bush was symbolizing, I'm tired of seeing you hiding out being crazy. So I've got work for you to do. See, that's why nobody can stop God from using you. Can't nobody stop your assignment. Amen. Quit blaming man. It's when you get ready for your assignment, God will get you, you know, he knows how to reel you out and reel you in. And so uh, it was time for Moses' ministry. My goodness, he was 80, hiding from this person. But the burning bush uh, got uh, his attention. And so then this is when God was sending him out into his ministry. And that's in verse 13. And so it says, Indeed, uh, Moses said to God, Indeed, when I come to the children of Israel and say to them, The God of your fathers have sent me to you, and they say to me, what is his name? He says, what shall I say to them? And God said to Moses, I am who I am. And he said, thus you shall say to the children of Israel, I am sent me to you. Amen. And that's all he gave him. And that was enough. I am sent me to you. Amen. <laughs> I want to just read one more verse. It says, Moreover, God said to Moses, Thus you shall say to the children of Israel, The Lord God of your fathers, the God of Abraham, and the God of Isaac, and the God of Jacob, has sent me to you. This is my name forever, and this is my memorial to all generations. Amen. And then he told them to go and gather the the, uh, generals and the elders and start this journey with the Israelites. But see, think about it like this. He was the leader. He was the man chosen to call the Israelites out of the wilderness into the things of God. And God waited on him for all that time, all those years, for him to stop hiding. And I I believe if he had come to God and repented and called out, cried out to him, he could have gotten this done 40 years prior. But we waste time when we run from God. So when you mess up, come out of condemnation. Amen. Stop judging yourself and let God be God in your life. Amen. (laughs) Because it ain't what you think. It's some, you know, the devil always wants you to think it's worse than what it is. But God called you, commissioned, sent, and anointed you. And so you don't let man or 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 yourself, don't let yourself choose a different life for you when you know that God has called you to do great things. Amen. So repent and get back with God and watch God's mercy in your life. Watch him still use you even though, you know, you messed up. But when you know who you are, you know that there is mercy. When you know who you are, you know that you're not finished. When you know who you are, you know your God, the great I am, is have called you and made you in his image. And so a part of him is in you. So how much can you really mess up? You understand what I'm saying? 
So you have to challenge yourself just to stay on the right road. You have to challenge yourself, but trust God enough to to want to hang around and see the ending or get back in the game and do your part. You know, I, I just don't lay down and not do anything, but get up, repent, dust yourself off from all of those mistakes, and keep moving. Amen. So God says, I am the great I am, and you tell them that I said I am, and that's it. Amen. Let's go to John 8. Hallelujah. John verse 8. Hallelujah. Uh, verse 55. And this is Jesus talking. Amen. Let's do 54. It says, And then Jesus said, If I honor myself, my honor is nothing. It is my Father who honors me, of whom you say that he is your God. And then, uh, let's see, where am I? What do I want to go from there? I think I'll go down to 55. It says, and yet you have not known him, but I know him. And if I say I do not know him, I shall be a liar like you. But I do not. And I think he was talking to, the, of course, the religious people. And he says, let's see, where am I? I do not know him. I shall be a liar like you. But I do, I do know him and keep his word. And so he was saying, I, I keep my father's word because he knows who his father is. 56 says, your father Abraham rejoiced to see my day. And he saw it and was glad. And then the Jews said to him, you are not yet 50 years old. And have you seen Abraham? See, they're always trying to figure things out in the natural in 58, Jesus said to them, Most assuredly, I say to you, before Abraham was, I am. Amen. But see, he was, he was in, the, in the flesh, which all religious people are. And they thought he was saying that he walked with Abraham and knew which, in a sense, he did. But they're saying, you're a young man. How can you know Abraham? But he just says, I'm, because they want to know who he was. And he said, I am. Amen. God's name didn't change. And Jesus, which was the Son of God, his name and your name didn't change. Amen. The same power from that God has, that Jesus has, you have, and I have. Amen. And nothing has changed. Amen. So Jesus, Jesus introduced himself as I am. Amen. And they didn't like it. <laughs> So you have to know who you are. If you know who you are, you don't mind making statements that people don't understand. If you know who you are, you don't mind speaking over the religious, the, the religious mindset. That doesn't, you're not here to please the religious mindset. You're here to be honest, answer, quest, answer the question the way it's supposed to be answered, and stay with God. Tell the truth. And he told the truth they didn't like it. And that's why he was, he always told them that your father was the devil because that's the way they thought they thought like that so during trials doing persecutions or doing adversity 
you have to know who you are because that's when it's going to come at you. You know, adversity, trials, tribulations going to come at you, and it's the devil, and he is not going to give you a pass because you ain't in a good mood. Whether you're in a good mood or a bad mood, you have to know who you are. Jesus knew who he was. I am the great I am. He didn't change the story. He didn't try to explain himself. He didn't try to explain his ministry. They didn't care. All they wanted to do was tear him down and try to see what he knew. Amen. And so you have to stay on course. Stay on course with God. And as long as you're on course with God, you're good. Amen. So Paul is another one. So Jesus knew who he was. God knew who he was. And Paul knew who he was too. Amen. Paul knew who he was at all times, just like Jesus. And others knew who Paul was. In fact, the, the sons of Sceva, you know, they were traveling, traveling uh, uh, witches, I would say. And they told fortunes, ex- their exorcists. And they were traveling, and, and they they uh, saw Paul. And they did this for money. You know, and it's, it's quite strange that uh, psychic people have always charged money. And don't you see that the, the church is starting to do that for prophecy? And it's not God. It's just not God. But, you know, you have to stay in your lane. God is the great I am. The I am don't have to charge for anything because the gospel is free. Amen. The gospel is free. Hallelujah. But in Acts 19, let's go there. I just want to, you know the story, but I still want to read about the the sons of Sceva. And that was uh, uh, the priest. Their, their father was the high priest. And they were little warlocks. And they uh, had a little a little thing going on where they were charging people for, you know, for prophecies. Now, if they had stayed in their lane, it was okay. But they started, they got real antsy and wanted to start laying hands on the sick, you know, and steal Paul's ministry. Acts 19. Did I say Acts 19? Verse 13. Amen. It says, then some of the itinerant Jewish exorcists, that's a nice... <laughs> Gave them a title. (laughs) Okay. Took it upon themselves to call the name of the Lord Jesus Christ over those who had evil spirits. So they were going to cast out some devils. Saying, "We we exercise you by the Jesus whom Paul preaches about. Because, see, they don't know him. Amen. And so they said, we exercise you. In other words, come out in in the, the name that Paul uses. Amen. And this is really what what they were doing. Verse 14 says, Also there were seven sons of Sceva, a Jewish chief priest who did so. And the evil spirit answered and said, Jesus, I know, Paul, I know, but who are you? Then the man in whom the evil spirit was, was leaped on them, overpowering them, and prevailed against them, so that they fled out of that house naked and wounded amen so see when you when you know who you are number one you don't do somebody else's job you go where you're sent 
you let God send you. And if God tells you to cast out a devil, you know who you are. You know you have all authority and power. See, those people were afraid of, of those demons. And that's why, you know, they jumped on them and beat them up. Amen. Because you cannot cast devils out of something if you don't have the power to do it. If you, you're not ordained to do it, you know, if you're not commissioned and sent, leave it alone. But they were doing it for money, and they should have just kept doing their little ministry. But when they start trying to lay hands on people and cast out, oh, they, you know, he got a devil. Let's cast them out. And they come out of their sickness, come out of their disease, come out of their devil. You know, they cross the line. And when they did that, and then they want to use somebody else's name, because that shows you they didn't have the power on their own. And so we, don't, we know we don't do stuff like that, but there's those out there that do. Amen. Don't do it. it that's like a pastor... Uh, uh, I can't think of his name, but he was saying people are always telling him, "You, I see you in Africa. And he said, Africa? He said, I'm not going over there. He said, unless God send me. He said, cause you, he said, you'll be running back trying to get on that next flight. He said, if you're not, if God didn't send you, he didn't, because God equips those he sends. And if he didn't equip you, stay home. Amen. He said, you'll be trying to get back on the next flight. And if they tell you there's no seats, you say, I sit on somebody's lap, you know. <laughs> but, you know, in other words, don't mess with the devil if, if you're not covered by the blood. Amen. If God, and even if you are, if that's not your assignment, leave it alone. Amen. Hallelujah. And so that's what these guys did, this, the Jewish high priestess kids. <laughs> they, were, they were not well taught, amen. But the devil beat them up. So don't try it, you know, just do what God has told you to do, amen. And just be true, be a true son of God. See, that's why the Bible says that we are the sons of God. If you're not a son, don't try it. Amen. Now, sons of God, and that means daughters too, they have everything that Jesus had. Amen. They have power and authority. And they call God Father. They call him Father, and they feel comfortable calling him Father. And so if you are not a son, because the Bible says as many as are led by God, those are the sons of God. And if you're not led by God, if you're led by your flesh to go trying to get a, a devil out of somebody, then you, you're not a son. In other words, if that ain't your daddy, if you're not a son, leave it alone. Amen. Because we know who we are. See, it's all in knowing who you are. So don't try it if you're not a son. Amen. Hallelujah. Now, if you're a son of religion, they're going to try it anyway. So if you're a son of religion, you still won't have any authority. You still, you still won't be able to cast anything out. But if you're a son of God, then you're ready and you are um, empowered to do what God has called you to do. Amen. Amen. Go do your ministry. Amen. Galatians 4. Galatians 4 verse 6. Hallelujah. And it goes on to talk more about being a son, being sons and daughters of God. Amen. Galatians 4, verse 6. It says, And because you are sons, 
God has sent forth the spirit of his son into your heart, crying, Abba, Father. Therefore, you are no longer a slave, but a son. And if a, and if a son, then you're an heir. Amen. An heir of God through Christ. And so when you know who you are, you're an heir. And this is why you don't have to argue with anybody. If you know you have kinship with with a person and you have um, inherited some money, you don't have to argue with nobody. Just get your lawyer and let him represent you. Amen. And open your bank account. But you don't have to argue with anybody. So when you're an heir, that's all that matters. When you're an heir, you know it. And when you're an heir, you have rights and privileges, and you have authority to do some things, amen, when you're an heir. But it's those who try to perpetrate. The religious will try to perpetrate. Those that don't know God, have no power, have no authority, they will always try to perpetrate. But sons and daughters don't perpetrate because they're led by God, amen? They're always led by God. And so all, you, all a son has to do is declare Amen. You know why? Because we have firsthand knowledge of God. But those other ones have to do that in the, in the name of whoever you said. You know, I'm, I'm, you know, I'm casting you out in the name of Jesus' friend, Paul's friend, or whatever. But see, when you're a son, you know who you are, and you have the authority to do it, and you do it, and you get it done that's called first-hand knowledge, not second-hand knowledge of Paul and, and Jesus. And I think that, that I read it where he said, Paul, I know Jesus, I know, but who are you? Amen. And the devil say that to Christians all the time because they don't know who they are. And when they tell people, when the devil tell them that, they just sit there and say, no. Because they feel defeated already. See, if you're feeling defeated and you ain't sure who you are, don't go trying to do your ministry or whatever the pastors are trying to hold you back from don't try to do that amen you see because they have no authority and no power amen and so so as a man think if so he is and that's usually the problem is what you think about who you are amen and so if you don't know who you are then you're going to always blame somebody for what you're not doing Amen. And somebody is always holding you back. And so we need to always operate in firsthand knowledge because we're heirs. So God already put it in us and we got the goods. Everything that we need, we have. And it's good. It's powerful. Amen. And it'll get the job done. God equips those he sent. But if you are not... Um, feeling like you are equipped and just don't do it. You know, wait until you feel like God has empowered you and encouraged you and your inner man is full and, and feeling, you know, like you can get this job done and, and all you have to do is open your mouth. Or sometimes you're equipped and you don't feel it. But, but if God is sending you, you go and you open your mouth and that whatever comes out of your mouth, We'll get the job done. Amen. But we can't do copycat stuff. And a lot of people try doing that, and it doesn't work for them either. Amen. Amen. So you will fulfill God's destiny when you know who you are. 
and walk in that authority. Because when you walk in your authority, you walk also in victory. The victory is already yours. Amen. All you have to do is obey God and do what God has told you to do. And because why why is the victory already yours? Because you know your your identity. You know who you are. You're an heir. You know who God is. You know who he is. Your father is the great I am. And so you don't have to be scared of nobody knowing who your father is anyway. Amen. You don't have to bow to anybody. You know, you do exactly what you feel like God has told you to do and all is well. Amen. So know your identity. Know who you are. Know that God has called you. And if he's called you, he's given you the goods to get the job done. Amen. Amen. If you're not sure, just stay where you are and get some confidence. Get in your word. Amen. Renew your mind because that's usually what the problem is. When you're not sure that you should go forth, it's usually because you need to renew your mind in the word of God. And then stay there until you're sure. Amen. But just don't take too long. And, just, and then do what God's called you to do. Do what God has called you to do. Amen. Or he'll, God have to send a big, a big fish to swallow you up and put you where you belong. Amen. Amen. But know who you are. Jesus told Peter, because you know who you are, I will build the church upon this revelation. Amen. Hallelujah. Paul knew who he was. And the church, the, if you think about that, that's deep. Because the church of Jesus Christ was built on the revelation that Paul, not on Paul, but it was built on Paul's revelation that upon this rock I would build my church and the gates of hell. See, these people who were um, in the Bible, they knew who they were because they knew that the gates of hell had no authority over the church. Amen. Had no authority over the church. But now the religious group, the Pharisees said they didn't have any power. They were too busy testing and throwing throwing things out at Jesus to see if he was authentic when they had no power to begin with. But it's always the religious or the ones that have no authority is always questioning those that do. Amen. And that's why you just learn how to shift. Don't let it bother you. And do what you're, you're supposed to do. And just sit, let them watch. Amen? Just let them watch. And so you always have to know who you are in Christ Jesus. If you know you're an heir, you know who your father is, you know what you've been given, you will always hit the mark. Amen? You don't have to compete with people. You don't have to argue with people. You don't have to try to convince people of who you are. You don't have to try to push your your whatever it is people try to make themselves be somebody you'll have to do all that amen just be who you are because god god is happy with who you are amen he is happy we're wonderfully and fearfully made and god loves you just the way you are and you know another thing we need to quit looking for criticism you look for it you're gonna get it don't look for criticism just do what God's told you to do and keep it moving. And then let people let people deal with God if they don't like what you're doing. Let them deal with God. Amen. But upon this this revelation, and this is why the sons and daughters always get revelation. Amen. Upon the revelation that Paul had.
Jesus said, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against you. So just renew your mind. So listen, if we're heirs, and you know who your father is, and you know that the gates of hell won't prevail against you, what's the problem? You know what I'm saying? Get busy doing what God told you to do. And if he told you to just clean your house, go do that. Amen. You know, and be happy and and content in obeying God. Because, see, this is how God is. He gives you these smaller uh, commands for you to follow. But, see, people want to jump over that. Oh, I'm, I'm anointed. I don't have time to wash my dishes. <laughs> and that's not God. And he's going to tell you to go do that. Because for many years he told me to go, just go home and take care of my kids. Can you keep your house clean? And that's what I did. Amen. And then before you know it, here comes something else that I didn't want to do. Amen. <laughs> Give me a break. <laughs> but he builds his church up. If you know who the church is, if you know you're part of the church, then the devil will not prevail against you. Amen. Let's go to Matthew 16. If you know who you are, then you know that the devil will not prevail against you. So get the revelation that Paul had. Amen. Get on the same rock that Paul was on. Matthew 16, verse 17. Hallelujah. Let's go to 15. It says, and this is Jesus talking. He says, he said to them, but who do you say I am? Still talking to these crazy people. And verse 16 says, Simon Peter answered and said, you are the Christ, the son of the living God. And Jesus answered and said to him, blessed are you, Simon Barjona, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my father who is in heaven. In other words, you didn't get this revelation from the religious people, you got this from the Spirit of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. And this is how revelation is. Revelation comes through the, the Holy Spirit. Verse 18, and I also say to you that you are Peter, and on this rock I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. And I will give you the keys are y'all here today i will give you the keys of the kingdom of heaven now see if you know who you are you know you got the keys if you know you have the keys and you know your authority then what's the problem you shouldn't have problems with anybody because nobody can take it away from you nobody can threaten you you don't have to compete with anybody y'all know you don't have to prove anything to anybody because you got the keys. <laughs> you got the keys to some door. You have the keys to some door that will unlock things for you. Amen. Because you have the keys. Amen. Maybe y'all need to write that down. You got that? You have the keys. Amen. Verse 19. And I will give you the keys to the kingdom of heaven, and whatever you bind on earth 
will be bound in heaven. Well, where's the keys? I'm reading about them right now. <laughs> Read about them right now. These are the keys. Amen. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. You got the keys. You know what? That's power and authority because you hold the keys. And you know what? what? When you have the keys, you can go in any door you want to go in. See, in other words, the devil can't withhold anything from you. People can't withhold. You know, you can say, well, she gave me a bad review and I, and I can't get my job. Or, you know, they don't want me in there in that company. Can't nobody keep you out of nowhere if you have the keys. You have the keys. You have the authority. You have power and dominion to go wherever you want to go. Wherever God opened door, whatever God wants you, if you prayed, if you've asked him, and if, if it's good with God, it's good. Amen. You don't have to argue with anybody because yours is the kingdom of heaven. Amen. You have the keys. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. Whatever you loose on earth will be loosed in heaven. And then he com- commanded his disciples that they should tell no one that he was Jesus the Christ. It caused him too much trouble. Everywhere you looked, somebody was trying to, try, trying to mess with his identity or question his identity. Amen. But he didn't run from trouble, don't get me wrong. Jesus didn't run from anything. Amen. But the gates of hell should not prevail. So upon this rock, the church was built, and the gates of hell shall not prevail, and you have keys. Amen. What more do you need? The devil cannot hold anything back from you, because in fact, he can't handle you. Amen. He can't hold anything back from you. Amen. Hallelujah. Jesus had no problem putting Satan in his place, because he knew who he was. If you know who you are, then you don't have to get into these squabbles and things like that because you know who you are. Amen. In fact, Jesus gave him no place. We are to give the devil no place. Amen. Jesus gave him no place when he tried to tempt him. He gave him no place. And we're to do the same thing because he is not a threat to us. Matthew 4. I'm almost finished. Go back. Matthew 4, verse 1. It says, Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit. And this is uh, Satan again doing the same thing he did to Eve. Thank you. Same thing. Then Jesus was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. And when he had fasted 40 days and 40 nights, afterward he was He was hungry. And now when the tempter came to him, he said, if if you are the son of God. And it's it's the same thing he said to Eve. Did God not say? Listen, Satan is always starting a conversation with you with a question. And it's always trying to put you down or make you question who you are. This is how he does. He's always trying to make you question who you are. See, because he knows that he has to put doubt 
in your mind about who you are before he can mess with you. So he's always going to try to make you doubt your authority. He wants your keys. He wants your keys because he can't get them. Amen. He can't get them. He can, he, so he wants to take them from you. Amen. So he, the first thing out of his mouth was if, if. Amen. He's always trying to put doubt. Even, and if he mess with Jesus, he mess with you. And you join heirs with Jesus. That's where your power came from. And if he messing with your power source, he coming for you. Amen. So you have to know who you are. Am I on verse 4? But he answered and said, it is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds out of the mouth of God. He only gave him the word. He wasn't worried about him. Amen. But Satan, you have to remember, he's trying to create doubt. Amen. And he only wants to mess with God's creation. Why? He's jealous of you. Watch the jealous people. Because they ain't got what you got. I mean, they got it. They just don't know it. They'd rather mess with what you got. Verse 6. And said to him, if you are if you are the son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, as this is where Satan's going to give you the word too. And you know, a lot of people try to use that as a confirmation. You don't use some secondhand scripture as confirmation for you. Amen. Because the Bible had told us Satan know the word. Well, you know, it was the word. And I know it was my confirmation. The devil knows the word. Knows more than you do. Amen. Signs following. How about that? Amen. And it says, he shall give his angels. This is what uh, Jesus said. He shall, no, this is what Satan told Jesus. The word. He shall, you know he shall give his angels charge over you. And in their hands they shall bear you up. lest you dash your feet against the stone. See, he's going to give him the word before he gave it to him. Amen. In verse 7, Jesus said to him, it is written again, you shall not tempt the Lord thy God. Amen. It's like, again, I'm telling you the same thing. Verse 8, again, the devil took him up on an exceedingly high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all these things I will give you, I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. And don't forget, this is what the devil wants he wants your worship you worship him amen you worship him when you pay him some attention you worship him when you believe him more than god you worship him when you're in doubt and unbelief amen you worship him when what the devil says bug you when it's alive you know when you let lies bug you then you're worshiping him and that's all he wants he wants to distract you distractions is worship worry is worship amen and so this is all he wants to do because satan likes to create trouble especially for the christian verse 10 then jesus said to him away with you satan he had had enough of him he says for it is written you shall worship the lord your god and him only and shall serve and you shall serve see he still gave him the word although he was tired of him you know, and I've here heard a lot of people say, and I just told that devil to go to hell. You didn't give him the word. That don't mean nothing. 
He know he's hell bound. That's not that's not doing anything to him. He don't care. <laughs> he don't care about that. All he care about is the word hitting him in the head. If you hit him in the head with that word, that's the only thing that's gonna stop him. If you he got you cussing and acting stupid, then he got you. Amen. And you you just gave him your keys <laughs> or whatever. Amen. Verse 11, then the devil left him, and be, and behold, angels came to minister him. Yeah, angels went to minister to him because he was about to, you know, really get, get him. Amen. Hallelujah. And so we have to trust in what we know, trust who we know. When you know who you are, you're fine. Amen. Go and do. And that's all you have to do. But when you don't know the answer, you know, you have to shoot the word at the devil. Amen. You have to do that. And that's how you stay afloat. In 2 Kings, verse, uh, 2 Kings uh, chapter 4, the widow with the crude oil. Amen. And as you know, Elisha the prophet went to see her. And the first thing he said is, what do you have in your house? First he said, what do you want me to do for you? And then he says, what do you have in your house? Amen. And she said nothing. First thing out of her mouth was nothing when she had oil. But when she said nothing, that lets you know. See, this is, this is the way I, I took it. What do you have? What do you have in your house? And she said nothing. But there was oil. Oil symbolizing the Holy Spirit. So that oil or the Holy Spirit was within her. She was rich and didn't know it. Amen. She was rich and didn't know it. But she said nothing. You know why she said nothing? Because she didn't know who she was. Amen. And when we back up off of the devil and feel helpless and feel useless and feel like we can't handle life, it's because we don't know who we are. And if someone was to ask us, what do you have? I don't have nothing. Just a whole lot of problems. But that's not true. Amen. So this woman, he directed her, the man of God directed her to that bottle of oil, that crude of oil. And he told her to go and sell the oil. Now, he gave her an instruction. Well, you know how it is when you're down and you think you're not, you don't have anything. And all you got is you. You don't have no friends. You don't have anything, but you got everything you need because it's inside of you. Like it was inside of her. She had everything. The oil was inside of her. And you know how it is when you feel lonesome and you feel like you can't fight another day or you can't stand it another day. Amen. And you've forgotten who you are in him. Amen. And that's the time when you would stir up the gifts. Amen. And encourage yourself in the Lord. Amen. Hallelujah. Because the Holy Spirit was inside. It was within her. Amen. And maybe he was trying to show her who she was. Amen. Hallelujah. Not what she had, but who she was. Amen. Let's go to Second Kings 4. All right, quick. Second Kings 4. 
Sometimes God has to show you who you are because you can get so browbeaten by the devil that you forget who you are. You forget what you possess. And sometimes you just have to be shown by God who you are. Make a, in other words, make a comeback. Amen. Second Kings 4 verse 2. So Elisha said to her, what shall I do for you? Tell me, what do you have in the house? Now this woman's husband had died. Sons were died or either going to be sold off. Why do you think he asked her, what do you have? He knew she was a widow. Widows don't have anything back in those days because everybody takes everything from them. Why was he, he asked her, what do you have in the house? Because he knew she possessed something on the inside of her that was much greater than if she had had a job amen so he was trying to more or less i believe show her who she was in him in christ jesus okay tell me what do you have in your house and she said your mate she says where am i at in two what shall I do for you? Tell me what you have in the house. And she said, your maidservant has nothing in the house but a jar of oil. Amen. And then he said, go borrow vessels from everywhere, from all your neighbors in empty, empty vessels, and do not, gather, do not gather just a few. In other words, go and gather empty vessels and get a lot of them. For this little thing of oil. Little thing of oil. Are y'all here? Tiny little thing. Why do you think he would tell her that? Amen. Little teeny thing. See, he was teaching her also who she was, number one. Number two, how to use her faith. Because when you start using your faith, remember that supply, where's Tippy? What is that? A, that a, a unbounded yield? It was an unbounded yield. He knew that. She didn't know that. But he knew if he could get her to use her faith. Now, how did she use her faith? By obeying the prophet. Because when you don't believe things, you don't do it. And so he let her know, get a whole lot of, I think I probably would say, what's, what's that about? A whole lot of containers for a little thing of oil because he, he was trying to get her to use her faith. And so she was obedient, and she started to pour. And as she poured, you know, her faith increased it, increased it, increased it. The longer she poured, the stronger her faith got, the more her faith increased. Amen? Hallelujah. Verse 3 again, go borrow the vessels, verse 4. And when you have come in, you shall shut the door behind you. Hallelujah. And your sons. Then pour it into all those vessels and set aside the full ones. So she went from him and shut the door behind her and her sons who brought the vessels to her. And she poured it out. And verse 6 says, Now it came to pass when the vessels were full that she said to her son, Bring me another vessel. And he said to her, there is not another vessel. So the oil ceased. 
Well, you hear what she said? Bring me another one. The son said. See, he didn't have as much faith as she did. He got tired of pouring because he started looking at everything and seeing so much abundance. He said, that's enough. But she never said that. Because once her faith started working, she was willing to stay there and pour and pour and pour until tomorrow. But when he said there was no more vessels, that's when she stopped. And it says the pouring ceased, the oil ceased. But I believe when, if it had been the next year or the next six months from now, she could have started pouring in those vessels whenever she wanted to because her faith had been restored. Amen. Her faith had been renewed. Amen. So let's see, where am I at? So six, it says, now it came to pass when the vessels were full. Okay, I read that. Verse seven, and then she came and told the man of God, and he said, go sell the oil and pay your debts, and you and your sons live on the rest. That was the unbounded harvest. That was the overflow. Amen. That was, amen. The Holy Spirit has value. Amen. When you use the God kind of faith. When you use the God kind of faith, you can keep on going and going and going. The Holy Spirit will allow you whenever, as long as you want to do it. Amen. He is with you. Hallelujah. And let's go to Romans 8. Last scripture. I know I went over, right? Sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Romans 8, verse 11. Mm, I don't think I have that. No, I don't have that one in my Bible. It's torn out. Oh, I, I can get up, put it together. In 11, it says, But if the spirit of him who raised Jesus from the dead dwells in you, he who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to you, to your mortal bodies, through his spirit who dwells in you. Amen. Let's see. So why did I write that one down? Oh, I, I have to keep going. Verse 12, Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh, but to live according to but to live according to the flesh but we don't have to it says verse 13 for if you live according to the flesh you will die but if you live by the spirit you put to death the deeds of the of the flesh and you will live for as many are as led by the spirit of god they are the sons amen did i did i read that one right i need another bible because um my pages are torn out. Just give me a minute. Let me try to. I want it in the King James, not the. It takes me longer on this than it does normally. Okay. Romans 8. Did I leave off at 12? Y'all don't know because you ain't been listening. 14? Oh, yeah, that's right. Thank you. It says, for as many are as led by the Spirit of God, they are the sons. Now, you won't forget who you are. 
because you're led by the Spirit of God. Those who are not led by the Spirit are not sons. Amen. Well, so what's the big deal about being a son? You have dominion, authority, power. You have all of that stuff. You, you got the goods. Amen. You have faith. You're joint heirs. You have everything going for you. You have a lot in your benefits package. But if you're not a son, then you can't take advantage of any of, uh, you know, anything that the Christian people do. You know, you have to trust in what you have. Verse 15 says, For ye have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but ye have received the spirit of adoption, where you cry, Abba, Father. And the spirit itself beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children... If you're a child of God, then you're an heir. You know, I think this word is trying to get us to see that you don't need anything but God to prosper. Amen. You know, if you're if you're a child of God, then you're an heir. There's so much that comes with being a child of God. Amen. You got keys. Anybody forget about the keys? You have everything that you need. And so it says um, you're joint heirs with Christ. If so be that we suffer with him, that we may also be glorified together. And is that 17? Yeah. Amen. So I won't go any further. But if you are led by the Spirit of God, you are a son. For you have not received the spirit of bondage again. In other words, don't go back into fear. Don't let the devil, in other words, don't let the devil come and make you question who you are. And then return back to fear amen but you operate out of the spirit of god in boldness amen in meekness but boldness and you get the job done because you have everything that you need to follow instructions from god and get things done that he's told you to do if you run into somebody that needs prayer you have the goods you they need hands laid on them for the sick you have the goods amen because you're an heir you don't have any reason to have, uh, you have your needs met. Nobody has nothing when you're an heir. Amen? Amen. Some people like the woman uh, with the crude oil. She needed to be taught, you know, to use her faith. So if somebody doesn't have everything, if you don't have everything you need, it's because you need to be taught to lose, use your faith. Most of the time, all you need to do is get your mind renewed in the word of God. Meditate on the word and renew your mind. But this woman, you know, she was out for the count. She had nothing. In fact, she told the man of God, I have nothing. But he, he reminded her of who she was, and he taught her how to use her faith. And her faith, her faith didn't want to stop because her faith out, outlasted her son's faith. And her son is the one that said, there's no more. There's no more uh, containers. You know, there was no, I cannot find a vessel. But when, anytime she was ready to turn that faith back on, that faith would come right back on because she learned how to use her faith. In other words, she knew who she was. Amen. So never forget who you are in Christ Jesus. There is always something you can do when you need something to get done. You have the goods, amen? And, and the, the rock of Jesus, the church of Jesus Christ was uh, established on that, on that knowledge, amen? That Jesus is the Christ, 
that you have everything that you need because God is your father and you are predestined, forgiven. You don't have to live in the past. You know, your mercies are new every morning. We have so much going for us that we just don't use what we have. We don't use what we have because it's just unbelievable. But all you need to do is step out in faith and get the job done. Amen. And stop. Don't, don't step out and stop the flesh. And know that you can operate in faith anytime you want to. Anytime a situation comes up. And you need to step out. You got the goods. You got everything that you need. Amen. All right. Well, Father, we thank and praise you for your word.